She's on the money. She's on the money. (laughs) Hello and welcome to She's on the Money's Friday Dreams. Now, you guys all know by now, my name is Victoria Devine. I'm a financial advisor. I'm a millennial and I'm a woman who is wildly passionate about financial freedom. Now, our friend Georgia, she's back this week, which Hello. is very exciting. And this week, we are also joined again by Ryan and Jess for the very second episode, Friday, Friday Drinks episode right. of 2021. Now, this week, we're going to be talking all things investment in line with the investment episode we did on Wednesday, which is very exciting. But first and foremost, friends, let's go through the Facebook group and talk about our favorite posts of the week and what we've seen going on in there because it is arguably my favorite place on the internet. Let's start with you, Georgia King. Oh, fabulous. I'm glad I'm so prepared. Although I've been told not to call you Georgia King anymore. So Georgia, <sighs> would you like... You call me what you want, girl. I'll I answer. Do, usually not when you're around. But, Georgia, <laughs> would you like to start? Also, should we let the the fam know that we've got some uh, delightful vodka cruises? I didn't know if we were going to be talking about that. Should we? I mean, we should because it justifies our laughing when Jess tried to drink the whole bottle. Yeah. <laughs> she shot I was it. like, I can't drink Wait, and podcast. You're going to get... Like, I'm just going to get... But it. you know you can just sip the top without putting the whole bottle you're in your gonna mouth. You're going to get tonsillitis. <laughs> Um, have we killed enough time for Georgia to have found her post? Yeah, <laughs> we've got one. Okay, so I'm going to start off quite gently here because I don't know what you guys have in store. So this one is from Belinda. Instead of purchasing a book online, that can be quite pricey. You saw this one? Oh, I saw this one. So she was going to buy it on the Kindle app for $15, but instead she went on the Libby app. So not even the library. And she found an ebook for free from the library. Did anyone know that was a thing? No. What's Libby app? I'm assuming I mean, it's like a library app. It sounds like the millennial version of a library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's legit because I know sometimes I'll, I mean, some people will Google like so-and-so PDF or try and get a textbook for free. I've done that. We're all guilty of that. Yeah, but, so, but this app, it seems like it's a real legit thing. Well, I mean, I trust Belinda, but <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to look it up later. Libby sounds good. And I mean, libraries are also very underrated just in general, don't you think? Mm. I would agree. Why I are feel we like paying there's for books? so much stuff. I mean, when, when the She's on the Money book comes out, I guess we'd probably not That's promote true. libraries and promote you purchasing. Just email book. me and I'll send you a free PDF <laughs> for Victoria's yeah. book. No, that is a good win though, absolutely. All right, Jess, what have you got? Um, mine is from our friend Tiana. She is in Brisbane and they are currently locked down. Can relate. Feel for you guys. We're um, in Melbourne. So like your three days, we yeah. raise you four months. That's true. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go that way for them. Um, but she said money win. Uh, not going out for dinner Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Not going out for drinks. That's a lot of money in her pocket. That's it a pretty really good is. money win. Yeah. I feel like put that in your savings account so you don't yeah. miss out on that win as well. Like transfer what you would have spent to savings so that it really does work as hard as you are currently working in ISO. 100p. Because we've all been in isolation this year and I can honestly say, not all of it, but a lot of the money I saved during lockdown, I totally made up for it in probably the three or four weeks coming out of it. Is that fair to say? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like take it off yourself so you can't spend it later is is the key tip there. My favourite post is by Sheila Anderson and she just says, this speaks to me on a deep level, was her (laughs) caption. And it's the, how would we describe that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where it's from, what movie is that from? This can go one of two ways. Ryan's about to try and explain I'm about to try and explain It could go really well or it could go miserably. Back him, I back him in. What What, is that movie? 
Is it um the 1920s one? Yeah. The Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Oh. No, it's no. Not. It's the other one with Tarant- the Tarantino made. With- Romeo and Juliet. No, with no, Jamie Foxx in it. Django. Django yes. Unchained. Yes. yes. It's the meme from Django Unchained where I feel like if I do the noise, everyone will understand. It looks like going. he's going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does, does everyone know the meme I'm talking about? Yeah. So this is what it says. And again, describing a meme on audio. Oh, my God. This could have been a bad idea. Me, finally catching up on all my bills. My car. And then it's a picture of the engine light coming on and the engine light is being held by Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio going, eh. <laughs> Hard relate on that. I one. actually don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Go and look up Sheila Anderson's post. It's in the Facebook group, but it is so true. You finally catch up on all your bills, and then that little light pops up on your car, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. Six months I've been looking forward to being debt free and bill free." Mm. I feel like that summarised it. We're all with Sheila if that's the premise of the meme. I feel like I've picked a money win from the community that is definitely not on the same page as everybody else's, but I thought it was really cool. So Alana posted that for Christmas she bought herself some period undies. And now now we're going from Django Unchained to periods, I don't know, this Friday show is arguably a lot more diverse than we thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. But essentially she said that a little change in how she's been doing things for the last 15 years, but she's super stoked with them. And she'll be definitely buying some for her daughters when the time comes. So for me, I really liked this post because one, we're promoting more sustainable ways to live our lives. But two, you guys loved this post. There was so many comments on this. I think this post reached more than half of our community, which is actually pretty big guys and I just really liked that we had this open honest conversation there were more than 500 comments on this post of you guys just talking about how you manage your periods and like if that's not us coming into 2021 I don't know what is because let's take back that power and I really Mm. liked the conversation and there were so many people that were like oh my gosh yes how are they going are they a thing that I actually want to try like which ones do you use and People were making really cool recommendations and it was just a really good post that I got a lot out of. So, Are they generally really expensive? They're not the cheapest thing to buy, but at the same time, like a box of 12 tampons could cost you like four or five bucks. Yeah, so buy them 12 tampons. Yeah. yeah, that stuff adds up. You definitely don't just use 12 tampons. Yeah. <laughs> not that you'd understand, Ryan. Welcome to She's on the Money. Thanks for and having me. And maybe her period. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel like it's not a bad thing to talk about. It's no, not something all. that impacts just women. Like periods are a thing, full stop, end of story for a lot of people. So earlier this week, we were talking about investments on the podcast and we talked about the different asset classes that we had. And I thought it lent really well to actually asking a couple of questions of our team and how we want to invest and maybe what we're thinking about investing in in 2021 and maybe what we've already done already. So back to you, Jess, I know that one of your goals is actually to start investing or understanding investing a little bit more because you mentioned it on our first podcast of the year. Can you tell me a little bit about why and when and where and like, what's the plan? I want to get into big girl investing, put on my big girl pants. Um, I know and understand the lay of the land in terms of micro investing. I get it. I think a lot of our community members can relate. I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I don't have a spare 20 grand lying around to just chuck on in there, but I, I'm ready to commit to allocating like a, you know, a portion of my pay every month to kind of let that build and let that grow. I want to prioritize it. Um, so I'm thinking after that last podcast on Wednesday that ETFs would maybe be the way to go. I'm looking at you with questions in my eyes. So that you- I'm not just your boss. I'm also your personal financial advisor now. Oh, yes. So uh, we can work that out. Love that for me. 
Um, no, but yeah, I think just figuring out kind of what that next step is. And I feel like we have something exciting coming that might be able to help me out a little bit along the way, which would be really nice. But kind of that that middle step. I'm not, you know, like Wolf of Wall Street, like money coming out of my ears, but also I'm not just chucking five bucks in my raise every month either. So tell me a little bit about what stopped you so far. I just didn't know enough, I think. Like I just was very uneducated and it is obviously intimidating not when you don't know something and obviously you hear a lot about the stock market potentially being volatile and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to put money in and then not have money come out and it's a whole thing. And then obviously I am kind of balancing saving for a house deposit as well. But I think, you know, with some some careful planning and thinking about it and obviously coming to my personal financial advisor a couple of times a week, <laughs> I can figure out a way to make that work for me. Ryan John, what are your thoughts on investing and do you do it? Well, I do. As you know, V, I am, it sounds like a really wanky book title, but I'd call it uh, an accidental property investor. Um, so, oh, whoops, ooh, I accidentally la. fell into well, property let, ownership, let, says the most entitled millennial I know, it in sounds, Australia. Like I said, it sounds like a wanky book title that some like get-rich-quick scam artist would, would put out. But uh, basically, I bought a really cheap apartment when I lived in regional Western Australia, and I bought it for about $215,000, which is just crazy to think now that I'm in Melbourne because that would buy you literally nothing. I don't even think you can buy a car park in the Melbourne city. Oh, my God, <laughs> no. you can't. Yeah. So I bought a house, uh, and I had a, a person from work living in the spare room and renting and stuff, so it was... Wait, it was like... A more than one bedroom. A two-bedroom apartment oh on gosh. the beach in Western Australia. Really? Yeah, so yeah. on the way towards Margaret River. And uh, I was working in regional radio there. And that's actually where I met my now wife, Bridget, because she's a winemaker and was working in the Margaret River Money region. and Aww. life win. I know. Beautiful. So she herself had just bought a house. Just for those of you playing along at home, that was another mention of Ryan's <laughs> wife. So Bridget also had bought a house, a full proper three-bedroom house for like 260 grand over oh, in WA. Oh, she was a baller in comparison to you, yeah, my I know. Friend. She was really living it up. So we just owned our own houses before we met and then we both moved over to the east side of the country. So suddenly, by accident, we have these two investment properties because the market was so low, it wasn't worth selling. So we're like, oh, we'll just get some renters in and without intending to be property investors, we probably would have chosen to invest in shares if we were going to choose, but we just sort of ended up with it. And then we bought another house in Canberra and now we've moved to Melbourne. So we've got those three houses, which again, sounds glamorous, but as Victoria hears me whinging, every time I get paid, I go, cool, I need to top up that house, top up that house and top up that house. And until you actually get ahead a little bit, uh, property investing can definitely sound a lot more glamorous than it really is because you're paying council rates, uh, you're paying for when people message you and go, oh, the dishwasher's broken, can you send around a person? And there's all these extra little fees and stuff, which when we do the property investing episode, we'll talk about. But it is, not that it's a, a really bad thing overall, but there are a lot of extra costs that we have to sort of top up from time to time. And V, is that a kind of a common theme with investment properties, you'd say? They can be a lot more expensive and a pain in the butt than people, than people think. 100%. And I think that people get, I think that investment property gets romanticized in a way because it sounds so perfect. You save up your deposit and then you get a renter in and they'll pay your mortgage off and it just pragmatically doesn't often work that way. Yep. You might meet people that do have the rent that's coming in each and every single month covering their mortgage and that's, 
actually a really great outcome, but a lot of people don't have that and they have to top it up and that's okay and that's normal. You're still building equity in that asset, but I think it's really important to note that, you know, you might save for that deposit, but then it is an ongoing commitment of your cash flow essentially for the next 30 years if you're not paying it off sooner. So I think it's really important to consider that when talking about investment properties. And yes, for those of you playing along at home, Ryan does complain a lot about having to pay <laughs> mortgages. Well, and the simple thing is to say, oh, we earn this much in rent and here's the mortgage. And the rent kind of covers the mortgage. And that's where you go, oh, how good is this? But it is the council rates All the little and things. the water bill and that sort of stuff that kind of adds up and we have to pay more. So we actually put money into it rather than a good investment, which should be giving us money. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually giving it money, but we keep reminding ourselves. And actually, V, tell me right now if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But we tell ourselves, oh, even though we have to top it up here and there, once they're all paid for in 20 or 30 years, this is, you know, it's like superannuation again. It'll pay off in the long run. Are we right in telling ourselves that or are we? Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Once it's all paid off and you have rent coming in, that does become an income source for you, especially yep. in retirement, which is why... A lot of people say they really want investment properties, but the thing with an investment property is it's super valuable to you once you've paid off the entire mortgage. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go buy a million dollar property because the rental returns on that are really great, but they definitely aren't covering your million dollar mortgage. Can I just mm. quickly tell a story about the person that's renting? I wonder if she listens to this. She's a young school teacher, the girl who rents my apartment in Bunbury. Oh. We get this email and it says, hey, Ryan, there's something wrong with the hot water. After about 20 minutes in the shower, the water's not hot anymore. <laughs> You're kidding. And Are you joking? I, uh, no, and I'm guessing she's grown up in a place that has, you know, that was it the Everstream or whatever they're yeah. kind of called. <clears throat> and I said, oh, hey. um, It's, it's finite. <laughs> yeah, it's so there's this cupboard off the bathroom. It's got, that's the hot water tanks in that. Like you can oh see it. Gosh. Once it runs out, it's all done. And she says, no, no, I'm pretty sure there's a problem with the hot water. No, and I said friend, to her. You just don't have endless hot water. <laughs> So I send an email and said, cool, get the plumber or the hot water person, whatever you need. If you've just used all the hot water, then you have to pay that $100 fee for them just to turn up. And if there is legitimately a problem, I'll fix it. No problems at all. I'll pay for it. Sort that of is sassy from you, by the way. Because you you knew it wasn't endless hot water. You well, she, knew what she, the problem no, but was. She wouldn't take Yeah, she wasn't having yeah, it. Yeah, she wasn't having she it. She wasn't having it. So I kind of forgot about it. And then a month later, I get this email that just said, dear Ryan, you will not be required to pl- pay the plumber. And <laughs> <laughs> um, just apologies to you if you listen to our podcast. We just made a really great segment out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, she's a, a young uh, school teacher, female, which is uh, like, right in our demo. demographic. It's right <laughs> in our demographic. But you might not have understood that. And there might be some people that are like, I fully didn't understand that yeah. that's not a thing. What, hot water runs out? We're not just here to water. educate you about your finances. We're here utilities to educate well. you about <laughs> utilities. So when I grew up, I had endless hot water at my house. Oh, that that says was... everything you need to know about Victoria Devine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like that definitely doesn't, but okay. Um, so had endless hot water and it was like the ongoing argument in my house of my parents trying to drag me out of the shower. Like I remember vividly my dad banging on the door being like, get out of the shower. And me being like, meh, I already locked the door. (laughs) What are you going to do? And as like a 16-year-old, like, try me. 16-year-old Victoria, not a pleasant human. (laughs) Not getting out of the shower. (laughs) Not getting out of the shower, not having whatever you've got to serve. All Um, right. We will get to Victoria and George's investments. But first of all, let's just do a quick message from our partners. We are talking about 
Investments because we did an investment episode a few days ago. Georgia King, Bye. you've been the host of Australia's number one money <laughs> podcast for the last year. Has any of it sunk in? <laughs> Look, bits and pieces here and there. Um, No, <laughs> no, it hasn't. Um, No, I'm getting there. I have, I was just saying to Jess before that I have big plans for 2021, as a lot of us I know do. Um, I think I am, again, in a similar position to Jess, still ready to take those steps into investing properly, uh, the big girl way. But also I would be lying if I said that property wasn't still on the list of to-do in the next Mm, five years or so. But, I mean, the world is a crazy place, so who knows if that's possible. But that's kind of where I'm at. Does the price of property scare you off and put you off wanting to save for that? Um, Because you live right in town at the moment, right? Right in town. But I don't think I would buy up here. I'd go, I'm from the beach, so I'd probably go more regional anyway, which is slightly more affordable, but still ridiculous. So it does, it definitely puts you off. I think it puts us all off, but... I think just continuing to save and save and save for that is kind of where I'm at. I can feel Victoria gazing at me from my left side Why? over here. I don't think it's a bad no. idea to do that at all. No. At the end of the day, I always say invest in line with your values and spend your money where you want to spend your money. What my job is is to actually educate you on all of the options that exist and not tell you to go one way or another just because I do something or I say, oh, my gosh, shares are my favorite. Mm. Shares are my personal favorite, but, like, you might like your vodka guava cruiser, (laughs) but I might like raspberry. That's not true, but, like, we might be a little bit different and that's totally okay, but my job is literally making sure that you have the tools and resources available to you to make the decision that is right for you not the decision that is right for me personally and I think that's something that's really important to get across as well because I think people like oh my gosh I have to start investing because if she's on the money if that's because you've just discovered it and you're starting to learn about it and it aligns to your goals and values fantastic but I'm not trying to talk you out of buying your first home if that's your dream like I want that for you so much but I don't want you to have that if you feel like that's your only option Yeah, no, I think I've just learned a lot for sure doing this podcast for the last 12, 13 months and um, investing in shares is something I definitely want to do as well, which I probably, if I wasn't the co-host of this podcast, I wouldn't have thought about before. So thanks, Vic. Yay! (laughs) And can I just say, um, one of the most impressive things that I've heard during my time working with you guys at She's on the Money is hearing Victoria just give that inspirational speech and putting vodka cruises as the example. (laughs) That is a real treat. All right, so myself, Jess and Georgia have all gone. Do we take a deep breath, us three, as we ask Victoria? Breathe, friends, breathe. It's not, honestly, it is not nearly as exciting as you would have thought it would be. I think I'm really opening myself up here to tell you how much I have invested in shares on the money. And I did sell a lot of my shares so that I could invest in shares on the money and I could fund that. And I'm really grateful that past me actually had those assets to be able to liquidate so that I could invest it in shares on the money. And I'm not saying you should sell your shares and start a business, but I am saying if it is in line with your values, that was something that, you know, really enabled me to make sure that I still held shares on the money as mine. I didn't have to go and get someone else in to make sure that I could keep the cogs churning per se. When it comes down to it, yes, I do own a share portfolio. I am probably a little bit riskier. Did you guys see that coming? Um, (laughs) I own ETFs. I also own direct shares. I own a well-diversified portfolio, like small portfolio of direct shares. And the reason I do that is purely because I'm interested in them. It's not well diversified in the grand scheme of things. It's just purely because I'm like, oh, I'd really like to follow that. And something that I get really excited about 
is actually following my share portfolio and following the market and seeing what's going on and this is one of those things that is do as I say not as I do and I do sometimes take a bit of a punt on a share I'm not saying which ones I have taken punts on historically, but I do do that because I'm really excited about it. And I go, oh my gosh, I have read literally every annual report of the last 10 years of this business. And I think this is the year for it. I can confirm that Victoria went in on a punt and I went in with her and that has not been one of the successful ones. Not yet. (laughs) Not Not yet. Not yet. But that, I'm very excited about that. I'm reading their annual reports and oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Actually, George, I think you were there that day. Yeah, you were. We won't say what it is. (laughs) We probably can't legally say what it is. Because legally I can't. But I think it's one of those things where I'm really excited about that. And I told you that was a 12-month minimum play. Come on. Yeah, I'm just saying that the first few months just really (laughs) set a new new bar. And and I feel like... I'm still in. I'm still in. I'm ready to go. So over the last 12 months, guys, I bought in a share and I was very excited about it and I did put some money where my mouth was. When I take a punt, and I think that this is really important for you guys to understand, is I am not putting money up that would cripple me if I lost it. When I take a punt, I'm putting a number, let's call it like $500 up, knowing full well that if it doesn't go well, I am going to lose that money. And that is a very privileged position to be in, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to put this money here because, you know, I do genuinely believe it will change, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. And this is where people see shares and they just assume all shares are like this and it's not but I have put some money in a share I think I bought in at $3.15 it's currently at $2.39 so I am not a winner this week that might be my money loss but I do genuinely over the long term believe in this company and I'm still really happy that I bought in at that amount and I back it still when we talk about shares I think it's really important to understand that I am a little bit more educated than the average bear when it comes to this kind of stuff so for me to go and buy a direct share it does not mean that this is what you should be doing I did start my investment journey with micro investing platforms and I still use micro investing platforms I use one that rounds up and I really like that because it kind of does add up and it's really exciting and I feel like I should have that platform purely because my community does and I want to be able to relate to you guys and understand what you're going through. And when you've got questions, I can send screenshots of, you know, well, this is what that portfolio looks like and these are the updates and these are the things that I do like. So I do genuinely still use that and love that and will continue to do so. But when I do reach a certain amount in that, I do put it into my ETF portfolio And then I had cash and now I have very little cash because I have just purchased my first home. So for me, that is what my investment journey looks like. And over the next 12 months, my priority will be paying off my mortgage a little bit more because it makes the most sense to really stabilize that. My partner and I really want to pay off enough of that mortgage so that one of our, this isn't going to take 12 months, friends, this is going to take a while, but so that one of our incomes can service the mortgage. And then once we get to that point, every other dollar that we earn will go into shares so that we can turbocharge our future retirement. So of the investments you have in shares, what percentage overall would you say are in ETFs and what percentage are in singular stocks and what percentage would say you would in inverted commas the punt stocks like the kind of okay friends i know this all right so five percent is in my micro investing platforms 15 percent is in just me taking a punt and i would say 80 percent is in my etfs did that equal 100 can anyone check that 20 plus 5 plus 15 plus 80 is 100 my friend I'm that's, so that's why she <laughs> yeah, is the leading financial advisor in Australia. But I do know exactly what's going on and I actually use a platform personally where I 
have connected everything up in the background so that I can keep track of what my overall portfolio is. So something that is also really important to understand is that a portfolio is actually everything you own. So Ryan, that would include you have an investment portfolio, yours just owns property. And Jess, you have a portfolio, yours is just currently in cash and in micro investing and Georgia, yours is cash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not wrong. Not wrong. But I have a portfolio and it's made up of lots of different things. It's not one specific portfolio. You don't have multiple portfolios. You have a portfolio and that is essentially all the things that are wealth generating assets. So that is what mine is made up of, friends. And I'm very happy to share that. You will see that ETFs make up a very large amount of that. And the reason they do is because they are a stable asset. And as I told you guys, I am not wealthy enough, not nearly wealthy enough to have just a direct share portfolio. So just before Georgia King tries to wrap us, we would really like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring on the land which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. Now the advice shared on Cheese on the Money is generally nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Cheese on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. And we promise Victoria Divine is an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management, Priority Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. And a big thank you to Ryan, Beck and Jess for putting it all together. Also to Victoria for bringing vodka cruises. Bloody oath. Well done, mate. Cheers. Also, just a reminder, just because we are drinking on the show doesn't mean that we drink excessively. Please remember to drink responsibly, friends. See you (laughs) next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.